0: And in a series now for such a time as this this is message number four uh, it's from the book of Esther and this morning we're going to talk about Esther's marriage um, I hope you're enjoying the series um, I must confess um, three or four weeks ago I, I maybe a month, or more I, I noticed Christians marginalizing or minimizing uh, on Facebook and, and even in the media uh, the, the word of God just to be quite honest with you concerning uh, abortion homosexuality and same-sex marriage, and um, Israel, and and their importance in the world, and and the the peace that has been taking place there um, with Arab countries that, that we're not even hearing about, and I it's what brought about these messages to be honest with you um last week linda and i was out of town and um for our annual we we go away every year for our anniversary uh just get away for three or four days two or three days whatever whatever is allowed or you know with our schedules and whatever but uh and can you believe that I've had to put up? I, I mean, can you believe that she's had to put up with me for 35 years? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I noticed, you know, she, she put out yesterday there, uh, posted that our marriage, like all marriages, has storms to weather, um, financial Illness, loss, kids, um, but but through it all, um, uh, I, I think I speak for her. We we both have uh, enjoyed our marriage, and to this day, um, she's still my best friend uh, and my confidant. We, we we communicate well uh, and and there's not much that um, in fact when when people start completing your sentences you know you're close uh, and and she does that for me often uh, one of the reasons and i I even say anything about marriage is that uh, I believe traditional marriage in our country it is under attack um, really it's it's under attack throughout all of Western civilization um, and um, to be honest, uh, someone says it's going to be on the ballot in eight days. Uh, I believe that ship sailed 12 years ago, just to be honest with you. Uh, and and I'm not sure without direct intervention of Almighty God, we will never get back to biblical sense in the term of marriage Defined by God, that is in Genesis chapter Two and in uh, Genesis chapter five, uh, I personally believe marriage and the home and um wife, husband, and children was under attack uh, long before the Obama era of same sex marriage came about, and they jailed the little lady. Uh, in Rowan County a few years ago Uh, and I believe I can prove my case uh, about that extreme measure um, because I believe I can prove in my case that the church and I, I say that broad not just big branch church but the church the universal church uh, itself is to blame for the disillusion of marriage and the home. Um, when when the Pope, and I, I know this is good, when the Pope this week, um, the head of the largest religious, and I say that sparingly religious, uh, denomination in the world says that that he and I quote uh (laughs) there should be civil union laws as he did this week and that there should be marriage for same-sex couples and I'm not picking at the pope and 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 the the my 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 catholic friends um but Methodists and Presbyterians and Episcopalians and, and many others have been on board for years. Um, so, to be totally transparent and honest, uh, I'm so narrow-minded that I believe even good churches divide homes and families. Uh, simply, and, and we had a conversation with some folks this week about simply um, by promoting church before family. Uh, when in fact God ordained marriage a, a thousands of years before he did the church and was even established in. Uh, the church today is looked upon um, to be the primary spiritual training place for children and please allow me to go on record. That is the parent's responsibility. Um, the church can assist. The church sh- uh, and, and should help. Uh, But this generation of parents are going to be responsible for this generation of children and their spiritual condition. And the primary reason this generation of young adults, uh, moral and spiritual decay is where it is, is because their parents never attended church, and if they did attend church, they did not believe what the church said and never read this Bible and held it up in front of their kids for themselves. Just that simple. Uh, People have allowed, and, and here's where I blame the church, people have allowed liberal theology to infiltrate their churches and and uh, Charles Wesley, who started the Methodist denomination, him and his brother, would turn over in their graves if they knew what had, was transpiring within this, what they started. Um, but they have allowed liberal theology to infiltrate their churches and they swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. And, and it's in direct contradiction... To what the Bible says. Uh, beginning with the destruction of marriage and the home. Uh, I-, I need to get off my soapbox. Um, Esther chapter 1 verses 10, 11 and or chapter 1, verses 10, 11, and 12, we read before, but it, it talks about women and the home and society and the church, and, and they're going to put it up, but, but I want you, I'm, I'm not going to take time to read it all, but there's three statements here that I'm going to focus on this morning. The king commanded, he brought, wanted to, brought Esther before them, wanted her brought before them to show her beauty. And before I leave this part of the book of of Esther, I want to point out that the gospel of Jesus Christ has helped liberate and elevate women in society uh, wherever it has been preached, if obeyed. Um, what Michael alluded to, and man, did he do a good job last week. I I don't know if you can appreciate it or not, but what Michael alluded to, and I'm going to focus on, uh, for the next few minutes from the book of Esther, is a prime example of, though, of, of the moral decay, uh, an attack on marriage in this country, an attack on what the home should look like, um. Uh, this idea of women and teen girls or young ladies being exploited is nothing short of hellacious uh, and, and and concocted by the devil himself. Uh, the king was drunk. He exploited or tried to exploit Vashti. Uh, Was nothing less than a burlesque show, is what he was looking for. Um, Commanded to be brought forth in front of them and 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 to show her beauty, Uh, no different though than today, young men having women hanging on their arm with this ideology of arm candy. And 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 let me let me just I, I'm a euphemism person. Uh, my grandfather used to to say, in, "In young men, beauty is skin deep, but ugly goes clear to the bone." And uh, uh, as a Christian, as a Christian, young man or young woman sitting here this morning that is unmarried. Uh, You better make sure that the person that you date is someone that you would want to marry because you never know who you're going to fall in love with. And part of the prerequisites to that is is you better make sure that it's God's will who you're dating. You better make sure that what his or her family looks like and what their religious ideology or their Christian ideology is. and, and, And you better make sure that that he or she has trusted Christ as their personal Savior because this Bible speaks clearly about not being married or unequally yoked to someone that is not a Christian because it will come back and haunt you Whenever you get married to that person, it'll haunt you in where you attend church. It'll haunt you in, in where you go to church or if you even go to church. And it will haunt you with your children by making poor decisions about who you date and who you marry. And, and, and I make no apologies. Um. The process here in Esther, um, if you look at it, um, the the case that that we see before, it may have worked for him or them, <laughs> but that's destined for failure today. If if you go read your Bible and and what. What actually happened here. Uh, it, it begins with ego and anger. And, and, and let me say another little euphemism. Ego when it's pricked. Brings forth a poison. That, that, that people do all kinds of things. When humility. And, and, and they're not humbled in submitting to the Holy Spirit. And God's guidance. And to his word. It, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. What what happens in those kind of situations? But the role of women and 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 society and and in the home and in the church is much different since Jesus Christ uh, and and versus what we see in the Old Testament and these events uh, here in the Book of Esther. God's plan for marriage, if if. If if you think I'm just rambling, go home and read Genesis chapter 2 today and look at what God's plan. Clear through Genesis chapter 5 if you want to see what God's plan for Mary. Go read Ephesians chapter 5 verses 22 through, I want to say it's 33 or 35. I'm not going to take time. That's what you ought to do. I, I shouldn't have to... to to evaluate on what marriage ought to look like. Parents ought to be reading it to their kids before they start dating. But go home and read it. Teach it. There is a picture of love, uh, not lust, there is a picture of respect and not abuse. There is a picture of uh, mutual admiration uh, and responsibility and how to raise a family just in those two chapters or three chapters alone that, that God intends us to follow. Uh, you say, but, but, but is it is it sensual or sexual? Absolutely, yes. Yes. But loving, friendship, passion that really is missing in most marriages today no communication I-, I counsel with with wives and husbands and and families and the number one problem is there I-, I said if you all talked about Have you talked about the pros? No communication in the home. No resolve of problems that just linger and fester. You put a splinter inside of your finger and leave it alone and and see what it festers to. And you take problems in your marriage and you don't communicate and resolve and compromise and work through them... It'll be worse than your finger. It ends up in divorce, is what happens. No communication. This COVID lockdown, you know, that we went through back in March, April, or May, however long it lasted, it started out being as a love vacation for all these folks. Oh, they thought this is going to be great. I'm home all day, every day. It turned out to be a prison that you was locked up with somebody you didn't know in a cells. what it amounted to. And you say, ah, I, I, that's not true. Yeah, it is, because the divorce rate in this country is up 34%. Since March. 34% since March. Why? Because couples don't know what marriage, home, and family even looks like. And, and, and for me to bash Christians and never talk about it, to to say something about marriage and never preach about it is not fair. So that's where I believe that it's the church's fault. But but you, you go back and look, we have become a a, a society of of working moms and uh, fast food and No one knows how to cook or clean, Uh, and hold on women, it's all done by a housekeeper. Um, You know, uh, husbands and dads that are never home, that work 60 or 80 hours a week, and and if they get off early, they go straight to a bar or to a friend's house somewhere or or some athletic uh, outing, a, a, a ball game, and and, and some of them go to their girlfriend's house, as does the wife going to a boy's friend's house, God forbid, but very few couples or family know how to spend time together, and if they do, they've got this thing in their hand instead of talking. Oh, he or oh me, it's just a fact. I go sit in a restaurant and and watch families, not not just husbands and wives, sit with their phone in their hand instead of talking to each other over dinner. If, If it wasn't out of necessity, I'd do away with it tomorrow in my life. But that thing replaced nine different devices that I used to have to carry. A pager, a, a, a bag phone. Uh. <laughs> I remember bag phone days, people. I remember my bag phone out the window of the truck standing on top of it. Of the truck, not on top of the phone. That's what you want to stand on. Standing on top of the truck with the antenna in my hand. And, and that bag phone under my arm and trying to talk like that. And I can tell you, it, I put in 93 miles of water line in Scotttown, Ohio. And there wasn't enough. Back then there was no cell service period. And you had to go up on top of 217 Hill and drive toward the river somewhere to where you could talk on your bag phone. <laughs> Stupidest thing ever was. But you know, we, we've, we very seldom sit down and have a meal together as a family anymore and, and talk about each other's day. And, and the kids, they don't have an outlet for their frustration. And and large majority are being raised by their siblings because their parents have to work to make ends meet. And and aunts and uncles and and grandparents due to divorce and drugs <coughs> and alcohol. You preacher, you you stopped preaching and started meddling. Okay, maybe so, but somebody will thank me someday. The majority of the moral issues in this country can be traced. Straight to the breakdown of what God intended for a marriage and a home and a family to look like. I make no apologies for this message. We, the pastors and preachers, have been silent way too long. It's that simple. Churches, preachers, and teachers, they never talk about marriage. They never talk about abortion. They never talk about homosexuality and same-sex marriage. They're afraid they'll offend somebody. No, we just need to preach the truth. And our kids need to understand and hear it and we wouldn't be in the mess we're in. It's that simple. We've allowed God and His Word His standards and His law to be removed from our homes, our schools, and our country. And the government has been partial to it because of the, or part of the problem because we won't stand up and say anything in the defense of God and His Bible. So you're on a soapbox this morning. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to come down either. It is for such a time as this that we need to arise and wake up. We, we believe... Uh, you believe what you want to. Um, and take the two men out of it. Let's, let's just take the two men out of it. Uh, of the equation... We are moving in this country to a socialist, communistic, godless society and it's on a, 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 a set of tracks that's running straight into hell itself. If you can't see it, you either refuse or, bless God, you don't care. We are finding and keeping the doors of churches shut Uh, All forms of media, all forms of media is biased and propaganda being censored and and God's word is being ignored. If we don't get our homes in order and our parents teaching uh, our children God's word and praying in front of them with and for them, and, and kids and moms and dads attending church. I don't know if we can sustain this storm our country is in. And, and by the way, while, while I'm parked here, um, I do realize that there's a pandemic going on. But let me say to you, the more you miss church, the less you miss church, um, tweet that. Uh, I, I if you're sitting at home and watching, God bless you. And I, I understand. And there's, I, I I firmly believe there's a group of people that should not be here because of health risk and and what's and. And to be honest with you, typically we're at pretty much capacity for one service on Sunday morning. Um, but you better be listening, and you better be reading your Bible, and you better be teaching your children in the absence of Amanda and these folks that dedicate their lives over here on Wednesday evening. And, and, I understand fear and I understand risk and I understand faith also. Uh, But I also understand hypocrisy and so do your kids. Blatantly doing nothing and walking away for seven months is not acceptable to God. You better be having church at home. Preacher you're preaching to the choir uh, well i know and and i refuse i told the board to make attendance a barometer during this time and i'm not judging anybody our county's in red and and we're aware of that and we'd talked about moving to starting classes again and just don't feel like right now's the the time yet um, it, it's but we can't walk away from God for seven months and not not love people and and they we all have to be held accountable that we're doing something if not here it's a uh, and deacons, I, 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 I hope if you're listening this morning that you're contacting your list and, and, and loving on folks through the telephone. All right, I, I, let me reel myself back in. Esther 2.17. And the king loved Esther above all the women And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. The king saw Esther and the contest was over. Um, Esther was made queen and please understand this was not by accident uh, or chance. Um, Her selection was obviously by the providence of Almighty God. Um, And and we'll see that in the next few weeks in in this series. And, And it's essential, so you know, for God to go ahead and make this marriage arrangement and, and for this reason, you and I, too, uh, were introduced to this pagan palace that, that you know, what transpired here. But, but I had to reconcile this verse uh, 17 in my own head. Um, and, and I must confess, I was not impressed at all. Uh, if you want to see what real love and, and, and romance Looks like go read the story of, of Ruth and Boaz. Now that's a love story. This 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 has nothing nothing to do with a love story. Um, but but I don't find those qualities here in this story of Xerxes and 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 Esther. History tells. <coughs> History tells us this was an old pagan king marrying a, a lovely young Jewish lady. Uh, and, and I cannot equate that picture to Christ, the bridegroom, and the church being his bride that you find in Ephesians chapter 5. Um, however, this event is of utmost importance in, in this time. It is thrilling, first of all, to see a young lady belonging to a captive people suddenly become queen in one of the greatest Gentile empires that the world has ever seen. And I personally believe it is God showing us the ability, the usefulness, the talent of women in society. And the wave of, of anti-Semitism that was imminent would have blotted out God's people. And, and, and God's entire purpose for Israel hung in the balances here. So it's no wonder what God done as a part of this story. Um, but God uniquely moved her into that position to intervene. Don't tell me there is no God. Our God that is in heaven knows what's transpiring then, and he, he knew then, and He knows now. And He has the power, He shows up, and He cares in not one situation, but all situations then and still today. Here's a mess of a pagan's divorce, unjustified, and remarriage, where God still uses all things work together for good to them that love God and to those that are called according to his purpose. What, what's that mean? All things work together for good to them that are saved and serving is what that simply says. God used this situation that was had no form of what a marriage ought to look like had no form of what choosing a queen should should look like, and he used it to preserve a people, the provenance of God. So here's here's the message for you in 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 in, in three lines. Where is in your life God working? Is it in your need to get saved? Is it in your walk, everyday life, now that you are saved? Is it in your marriage that he's working? Is it in your work, your occupation, your finance? I know you know. Watching online here this morning, I know you know where God's working. You know how I know that? Because the Holy Spirit talks to you as I speak. I deal with people all the time, disasters in their lives, disasters in their lives. And if they'll listen to the Holy Spirit of God and obey this book and what the Holy Spirit of God says to them, I see them coming back here and standing singing his praises, saying, Preacher, I can't believe what happened or came out of that mess. I don't know what your mess is. This was a mess, and God used it. What's your mess? I'd be seeking His face. I, I would be praying and listening, and reading. I wish I could tell you where I see God show up. I got text messages this morning from a young preacher asking me to pray for him. And before I could quit texting, my devotion was the answer to what he needed to hear. I just copied and pasted and sent it to him. Do you think God's alive and well and pushed it out? Folks, God's real. He's here. We just need to listen and obey. Let's stand.